It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary is crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. Happy Easter night, I guess. That's weird. How do those lights treat you? Hi, I'm Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad to have you. Um, so I'm seeing some people for the second time today. That's cool. All right. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm pooped, but I'm, I'm really, are you allowed to say poop in church, I guess? Yeah, poop. All right. Um, <laughs> we've said much worse. I know that for a fact. Um, we're so glad to have you. It's been a long week and it's been a good week. And, and, and just something I want to share with you guys before I, I dive in, because for some reason, I feel like if I share with you where I'm at on something, maybe you'll be, you, you'll be more with me on where I'm at. I'm just totally wrecked right now. I, I got the honor and privilege to preach our Good Friday service, which you basically just saw the story laid out there. And it just jacked me up for a week straight, basically, just trying to prepare for that. But um, the reason I'm excited, this is my first time I'm ever getting to preach any of the Easter services that we've ever done. And, and I'm really excited about that because... Something really interesting happens with the people of God a lot of times. Um, we take a certain area, a certain aspect, and we tend to focus predominantly on one area. And so in my life for a long time, that was pretty much the cross. Now, is that a bad thing? No. But there's a lot more to it. And a couple of weeks ago, I preached, I preached on, on what the gospel is and understanding the whole gospel. And what's key about this is... is I didn't really get as excited about Easter Sunday 
as I did about Good Friday, and that's really messed up and kind of weird. Like, I really enjoyed, like, that, like, that, I, I, not enjoyed it, that's the wrong word, I take that totally back, don't listen to that, erase that from your minds. If I had one of those men in black things, I'd just hit you with that, but I don't. Um, I didn't enjoy it, but what, what it was, was, you, you, in, in your faith, you go through different areas and levels of starting to understand it. And I got to this area where all of a sudden, like, I, I started looking at the cross, I started studying that, and it just blew my mind what happened there. What went really down? Like, like I mean, we, we talked about it on Good Friday. In, in our culture, we're so far removed from understanding crucifixion and what really went on at it that it's very hard for us to grasp. Like, I remember reading at one point that it was the equivalent in public places of crucifixion taking place in in places like our city market, right out in front of it. So you're forced to walk by it every time you have to go get your groceries, which I'm sure would cut down on how much you bought because you wouldn't be very hungry. But it was in common places like that. And so I became very intrigued with this. And and my faith, in a sense, um, almost became a little depressing. I don't know if you ever met somebody like that. Their faith is always like, oh, man, I'm such a horrible person. Thank God for Jesus. He's so good. I'm so bad. Look how gross I am. And like, it gets really old to hang around those people, especially when you are that person. You know, and, and, and that was me. So Easter is really exciting for me because what we're celebrating is the other half of the gospel. Is the part where um, he really shows off that he's God. People coming back to life is not a common thing. Now, I'm not talking about like defibrillator pads coming back to life. I'm talking three days dead coming back to life. That's something only God can do. And it's, it's just, it's really cool. So um, I, I, I don't, know, like I'm looking around the room and we got, I know we got a mixed crowd in here tonight of, of people uh, on all sorts of different areas. Some of you, I, I don't even know who you are. Um, and, and you may, be, I have no idea where you're at in your faith right now. But what, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to examine um, a guy that I think we can all relate to. Somebody that, I mean, every single person sitting in here, whether you believe in Jesus or not, will relate to this person. We're going to study this guy named Thomas, who's one of the disciples. And, and, and a lot of us know him as Doubting Thomas, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we're going to be in John chapter 20. Now, there might be Bibles around you. People have been taking them, which is good. Um, but if you want one, there, there might be one at a chair in front of you. But we also put them up on the screen for you. So if you don't want to do that, they'll be up there for you as well. So um, they'll be available for you. This is a holiday that we refer to as a C. Um, we, we get a lot of people that we refer to as C and E Christians. Um, and I, I don't know if that's legit or not. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, what that stands for is Christmas and Easter. Like I show up these two times a year and I'm good. Um, listen, I get it. Like I'm not going to rip on you. Don't worry about that. Um, but, and, 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 and I just want you to know that you're welcome. Not, not like you're welcome for what I just gave you, but you're welcome here. You're welcome to be here. And, and you know what? If you're only a Christmas and Easter kind of person or you're only a couple times, I, I really want it to be more. I'll be honest about that up front. Um, like I'm, I'm not into hiding motives here. Like I'll be really honest. If you don't believe in Jesus, I really want you to believe in him. Okay? We'll just get that out there. That's my goal for today. Okay? Um, just throw it out there just so we, we all know that. But I'm glad you're here as opposed to not being here. Because that shows that at least there's something in there that may keep drawing you back. And, and, and I, I hope that what, what, what happens here tonight um, may provoke that. So what I want to do before we dive in is I'm going to pray because I know for a fact, if you can't tell from right now how frazzled I am and tired I am and, and how much I want to go home and drink a nice frothy Coke. Um, uh, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cokes can't be frothy? Um, I know for a fact that nothing I'm going to say is going to convince you. Like, I, I'm not, you've probably heard better sermons than you're going to hear tonight, okay? Just throw that out there, and if you have it, you need to, it's called podcasting, 
There's some really good ones out there. I'll hook you up. But I just want to pray. And what I, what I like to do, just so it doesn't creep you out too much, is I just like to take a minute of just silence and just kind of fixing my heart. And, and, and I'm ask you just to take that time, um, whether you believe in him or not, maybe just to be silent for a minute and just say, okay, if you're a believer, God, what, what are you going to speak to me tonight? What do I need to know? How, how, how's my heart need to be opened newly? And, and if you're not a Christian, well, then I, I don't know. You can, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you're going to do whatever you want. But I would ask you maybe say, hey, if you're really there, then you need to show yourself off to me tonight, like this guy I'm about ready to learn about named Thomas. So let's just do that for a minute, then I'll pray and close this up, and we'll dive right in. Father God, you're good. You are good because you sent your son. You are good because you sent your Holy Spirit down on your people to empower us. And God, I ask for that same Holy Spirit to fall in this place tonight, as goofy as that sounds, just to move in our hearts and move in our minds. God, I ask for that supernatural kind of crazy presence of you being near tonight. God, I, I, I pray the words I speak from your word, that they will go forth and go forth and power not, not for my name, but for your name alone. That we may be a people that love you and that we will love others so that your grace can lead us into repentance and that we can show others what that looks like. So God, move, show up and show off. We do all this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so here's where we are. I need to set up the story a little bit. So here we have, we have the disciples hanging out. Um, Here's what's recently just happened. Um, Jesus was arrested, tried, um, convicted unjustly. If you read the story, we've recently gone over it. You've probably heard it maybe sometime you know, where it talks story after story about how like they, they kept coming out, Pilate and Herod saying like, listen, I can't find nothing wrong with this dude. Why you want me to kill him? Um, and, and people kept going, no, 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 kill him. Um, and, and, and so they did. And so they took him and they beat the trash out of him, literally. I mean, just beat him to almost death. Um, and, 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 and they ripped him to shreds, and then they, they made him carry his cross, and they hung him on it in between two criminals, and one of them actually got saved, which is one of the coolest stories in the Bible, and there on the cross, he has a spear run through his side, and all of this happens, and he dies, dead. Um, it, it's really important I, that, that he, he was dead, because um, that's something that a lot of people don't believe. But he was. He was dead, and, and, and that's why they buried him, because you only bury dead people. So he's dead. What does that mean for this story tonight that I'm going to tell you? It means exactly this, is that these 12 guys followed Jesus around all the time. All the time. They put everything they had into this guy, into following him. They left their homes, they left their spouses, they left their jobs, they left everything that they had to follow this guy. And if you under, in, understand much about um, Hebrew customs, what would have really happened here is basically Jesus was a rabbi at this time, and that's how they recognized him, and they would have followed him as a rabbi, um, a, a saying that was common amongst um, the, the young Hebrews that... that uh, would follow the rabbi is it was an honor to be covered in the dust of the sandals of your rabbi, which means you followed him closely. He goes to the bathroom, you follow. He moves his hands a certain way, you move your hands a certain way. So that's what they did. They followed Jesus everywhere. And he's dead. And he claimed to be the son of God. And from their understandings, what should be happening now is he should be setting up his kingdom where they were going to be set free from Roman occupation and 
all of the sin of the world should be gone. And they're pretty confused. And, and more than that, they're really stinking scared. When your leader gets killed, that means people probably want to kill you too. So they're scared and they're hiding. And that's why this matters. But here's where it gets cool. We're going to pick up our scripture. Um, John chapter 20, verse 24. And it says this. Now Thomas... One of the twelve, called the twin, Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. Okay, um, ultimate case of bad timing. Um, he, here's what just happened. Jesus shows up. And we're going to read more about that, but this isn't the only time he shows up. He shows up multiple times. He shows up to cook breakfast at one point. He shows up to two random dudes on, on a road, and it says about 500 or so more other people. But, but, but here in this case, Jesus shows up into this room, and that's where they are. They're, they're um, hiding out in a room, and Jesus shows up, and Thomas isn't there. He missed out. And I don't know. Um, I... I, I I, I, I have this interesting thing that I do now that I'm a pastor. Because I, I, I get to read a lot of Bible. That, that's what I get to do, is, and I think it's the best job in the world. But I like picking out little things and just seeing how it relates into my heart and, and then trying to say, okay, God, is this a timeless truth that I can pass on to people? And I think there is something here. Because these kinds of scriptures you can just read over really quickly, right? But that last part is like, and he was not with them when Jesus came. Um, that was me, in a sense. Um, I, 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 here's a bit of a story about me, about me and how my faith came to be. Um, I worked at a ski shop, and uh, I was the manager, and I became a Christian because a hot girl walked in, and I wanted to hire her. And um, she said no multiple times. I'm married now to not her. Um, but... She said no, and she had these ridiculous convictions that I hadn't really seen, and it intrigued me. And so I started hanging around with all these Christians. And, and if you've been a Christian your whole life, you you're, you're, you were goofy to me. Um, I didn't really get you. I showed up to church from time to time, and people were lifting up their hands, clapping, and getting dunked like we're going to do tonight. I mean, it, it, it's different. It, it was odd for me. And, and, and I sat around and all these people kept talking about these experiences with Jesus. But to be honest, I had none of that. I felt like I just missed it. And like, here's the thing is I wasn't questioning whether or not their experiences were real. Like I could watch them and go, yeah, don't fake that. You know, that's something that's interesting about our generation here. And I can say that because we're about all in probably a five-year age range in here right now. Is that we are really good because of media being able to tell crap from crap. And, and good stuff from good stuff. You know, like we, we can separate those things. And I was able to look at these people and go, this is legit. And it was about, it was a little bit over a year. I just sat around and watched and I just felt like I was like, and I remember just sitting there going, Jesus, where are you? And so I, as I read this story, it, it has a personal touch for me because I, I, I think I relate to a bit of maybe what he was going through. All right, let's move on. Verse 25. So the other disciples told him, I, I love this because they're all like expecting that he's just going to get it. We have seen the Lord. You know, it's like, oh, thanks. Thanks, bro. Thanks for rubbing it in. Um, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Man, I, I love this guy. I really do. Um, I'm a big fan of a writer named C.S. Lewis. I'm sure a lot of us have heard of it. Um, it's a bunch of his Books got made into movies recently, um, Chronicles of Narnia. Um, he wrote a lot of other stuff other than that, by the way, in case you didn't know that. That's really good, and I highly recommend it. But uh, this was me 
C.S. Lewis has this quote on how he refers to his conversion as this. He says, I, I, I am a reluctant Christian. It, it, it comes from this weird seated like I need something more than you just telling me that's exactly why I prayed at the very beginning that God may fall in this place because I know me just sitting here you're going Jesus is risen you're going all right probably isn't gonna happen like you don't know me like most of you in here are like I don't really know this guy like I'm like Jesus is alive okay you need more I get what it means to be a reluctant Christian, and I think that's what Thomas was. And that's what I am. And, and like, listen, I still struggle with it. I'll be really honest with you. And, and this is something you probably don't hear from a pastor preaching very often. There's times I'm sitting right there getting ready to come up here to preach to go, do I really believe what I'm about ready to teach these people? That's my heart. That's my nature. But then I, I, I revert back to all my experiences with God and I come through it and he shows up and shows up and sometimes it's not in like crazy ways. Sometimes it's just like in ways where I'm just like, you start talking about him and I'm like, oh, he is real. And he is good. So, so here we have Thomas saying, listen, man, unless he shows up right here, I'm not gonna believe. I mean, that might sound silly, but how many of us have ever like actually really prayed something kind of like that? Right? I bet you have. God, if you're real, fill in the blank. Okay, like, so, um, we, I'm assuming we got some skiers in here. I, I, I love, um, like, the hawk's nest area. Uh, um, and and I, I, there's times, like, on days when I was slow, I'd go sit up there, and I'd look back at all the, the ridiculous mountains back there. But, all right, God, nobody's around. Just move one, just like 10 feet. <laughs> Come on, just for me. Then I'll know for sure. Can you just, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. It didn't happen, but, it, but, but like I can relate to this guy on so many levels. I think we all can relate to him on those kinds of things because I think we all do that, but there's some interesting things that are going on here. T Thomas was much more... Than the believer he, led, he, he leads us to be, that, like, like think that he is. He's much more than that, because we might be going, he was an apostle, he was one of the 12, he's one of the guys that Jesus chose. Well, he chose one that betrayed him, we know that. So maybe we're like, well, maybe he's like him, but he's not at all. Thomas was a stud, and, and check this out. In um, and, and John eleven sixteen, 16, um, th this is before any of this happens. We see Thomas talking, because this is when Jesus is going to go get killed. Look at Thomas's response. So Thomas called the twin. I love that they keep calling him the twin. Um, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas is legit. He's like, you're going to die. I'll do it. I'll take me too. I mean, I don't. I, I got some friends like Ryan and Ryan back there are my friends, but I don't know if like I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna go do this thing. And I don't think I'm gonna live. I don't see them really going. All right, let's go. <laughs> but that's who Thomas was with Jesus. He's like, I believe this guy. So here we have this weird thing, right? We have this guy who is willing to die for Jesus, but yet needs to see him to believe. And I think if we really compact that together, I think that we get a much more accurate picture of what the Christian life really looks like. I mean, it never ceases to blow my mind the stories that I hear from people over and over and over again that come to my office every single week. I mean, I, I, I mean, like I know I say that a lot, but really I mean it. And how some people can still believe, like I'm like, man, I, I hope I have the faith of you when it, when that happens to me because it's coming. It will. Th this morning there was a there was a little girl here who uh, got baptized. Um, her name's Sandra and. Uh, She's the sister of a um, high school girl that I, I, I mentored for years who recently committed suicide. And she said, 
well, my, my sister's died and this is bad. And we're talking about a young girl here. She, she, I think she's 11. Is that right? 10. Okay. And, and, she, and she looks at the situation and goes, well, I need Jesus all the more. You know, right? Like, my, my mind is blown. Like, I'm just like, I can't even like, you know, just, I can't even take that in. But Thomas needs some proof. He needs some help. He needs something. He needs something more. He's like, man, I, I need to touch Jesus. So, what I want to tell you before we dive into the next scripture is this, is that it's okay to be a skeptic. Listen, hear, hear me on this. Like, seriously, if you don't hear much else I say tonight, like, this is one of the more important statements I'll give you, that truth can take it. Okay? Truth can handle your questions. Like, you're not going to throw something out and God's going to go, I don't know. Man. Okay? Like, it's a good thing. And, and, and to be honest, I'm more freaked out by people who don't have any questions than people who have a lot. Because at least that person's being honest, and I think that's what Thomas is doing. He's being really honest with his situation and saying, listen, I got questions and I need some answers. Thomas was a bit of a skeptic, and so are some of you, and that's okay. You know, he, he's somebody that we can relate to in the Bible. I, 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 I see this all the time, that we take people in the Bible, right? We take them, and, and, and it's, it's something I, I've, I've been around church long enough. I didn't grow up in church, but I've been around it long enough now to see it. It's like what we do this with our kids, like, who do you want to be like when you grow up out of the Bible? And they're like, David. And if their parents were honest, they'd be like, all right, you want to like, sleep with your best friend's wife and then kill him? Because that's what David did. I mean, or it's like, I want to be like Samson. Like, really? You're going to date a girl that's crazy and keeps trying to kill you, and you keep saying, I love you until you have to push over columns on a building that kills you. I don't want to be like that guy. Listen, the Bible is not full of all these heroes that we're supposed to be like. There's one hero in this Bible that we're supposed to want to be like, and it's Jesus. I'd encourage you on your own, on, on your own time. This is really fun to do. I, I love to do this, but... Um, the Bible's not written in Western culture. I don't know if you know that. Um, Israel is not a Western culture. It was written in an Eastern culture. And, and sometimes take it. Just go through. Find different characters. Look them up online. Actually, don't do that because you're going to get crap if you don't know where to look. If you know where to look, you can do that. But just stick to the Bible if you don't know where to look. Um, and, and just take as many as you can find and just draw a big circle if you have a whiteboard or on a piece of paper, a smaller one, and draw a circle and just start writing names around in the circle. And it's really interesting because, and, and then what you do is you write Jesus in the middle and, and you realize if you start reading these people's stories, they're all pointing to Jesus. Saying, you don't want to be like us, you want to be like him. Our stories exist so you can learn there's really not many people in the Bible you want to be exactly like. And even the good ones, it went bad. So understand that the, the Bible is not full of heroes. It's full of a hero. Okay? Thomas isn't okay with a secondhand faith here. So we see it. They just told him. He needs more. Some of you are here because you hear your friends say things like, Jesus is alive in me. That's weird. But it's true. Or you hear them say things like, man, Holy Spirit fall. I don't know how many times I said that. What? Tongues of fire? What? White horses? I don't get this whole thing. And it's Okay. I think Thomas has a lot to say to you. Let's look at verse 26. <laughs> I love this. So, so this just happened, and then here's the next thing. Eight days later, as if like it's not bad enough, right? 
He's like sitting around like, you guys got to see him. I'm hearing about all these people seeing him. Now I'm sitting around for eight days and I got nothing. But check out what happens next. It's great. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Love it. I love it. Why? Because it's weird. I mean, Jesus just wrote, like the door's locked. We're going to see that in a minute. I don't, I don't know how, like if he just appeared or walked through the door. I'm, my head, I got him like cruising through the door and like, whoa, Jesus. And it's like, <laughs> not in the derogatory term. Like, just like, Jesus, right there. <laughs> and so he shows up and he's there. And what's he say? Peace be with you. It's so great. That's your God. And, and, and like, well, let's put it in Hebrew. He goes, Shalom. That's what he would have said. Which is dead accurate because it's so much more than just our peace be with you. It means like a calming of the soul. It means like, it, it's almost like a restful peace. You guys ever see the TV show Shalom in the Home? You ever see that? It was horrible. Don't worry about it. But uh, I had to check it out. But it's all about having peace in the home was the goal. It's having this peace. So he shows up and says, peace be with you. Shalom. Which, man, do you know how much they probably needed that? I mean, we laugh about it because it's weird and creepy. But like, if people are trying to kill you and, and a guy who was supposedly dead walks through a wall and says, peace be with you, you're like, okay, this might work out. Right? Okay, it's okay. Jesus is here. The other thing that I don't want us to miss from this is, is that um, Thomas was struggling with his faith, and who was he with? You could say the disciples. He was hanging out with his boys, fellow believers. Listen, I mean, I'll just come out and say this one. If you're struggling with your faith and you don't know what to do, not being involved in church and not hanging out with Christians and not being with good like believers that you trust is like the worst thing you can do. People go, man, I don't know why I'm struggling with my faith. I'm like, well, because well, you're hanging out with a bunch of people who hate God. I mean... Listen, there's a time and place to be with those people. Absolutely, I'm all for it. But when you're really struggling and you need answers, people who hate the God that you're trying to figure out how to love is not exactly the most homey place to be at that time. And here's the tough thing, is it's gonna take some serious humility on your part. Because they're gonna give you stock answers. Listen, you come to me and you're like, I'm struggling with my faith. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know how this is going to be. Like, I, like I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to read it to you. And you're probably going to go, I don't need that. And I'll go, I know, but that's what I got. And, and, and people are going to say dumb things. Christians do that because you know why? They're people. Right? It, it's this weird thing like, all you Christians are hypocrites. Yeah, so are you. Shut up. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, what do you expect? I, so you know, let, me, let me explain it this way. Um, somebody in this church decided to bless me because like, I was a bit of a workaholic and like, I wasn't getting out, like working till three in the morning at points, and my wife wasn't a big fan of that. Um, that's why I moved my office into one that had windows because I'd lose track of time of day. And then I'd go out and I'm like, oh, it's dark. Um, and nothing's open, which that could mean that it's like five o'clock in Gunnison, but whatever. Um, and, and, and so I, I got this golf membership and from, from this guy because he wanted me to get out more and I'd never played golf. I looked like the biggest idiot out there. Um, and I got better. Don't worry. I'm still not very good. Um, and I go golfing with people and you get out there, right? And, and here's how it goes. Um, I, I used to go by myself. And they pair me up with people. And I get out there with these guys that are usually much older than me, and, and they're sitting there, and they're like shanking balls into the woods, losing stuff, and dropping the F-bomb like every other word, and like just hating everything. Like, 
like talking crap, just talking about how hot this girl is and this. And, and then it always comes around, but third or fourth hole. So what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. And you're just like, oh, you just see him like deflate, you know, like. <laughs> and they go and they start apologizing to me. I'm like, don't worry about it, man. Okay, worry about it. No, I don't. <laughs> Depends on how much of a jerk they were. Um, what I say, they're like, oh, man. Like, listen, the reason I work at a church is because I need to be there that much. I'm that messed up that I found an occupation that lets me be around God as much as I can. So you need to understand something. Is that, like, listen, being around the body of believers should build you up. And if they're trying to speak life into you and you're not receiving it, and you take it as judgment when they say, hey, that guy that is not treating you well, you should break up with him, or the vice versa, the girl that's not treating you. That's not what you need in your life when they speak that to you and you go, you're judging me. It, I would submit to you that it takes more love for that person to speak that to you than the person who would never say anything. It takes a lot of work to do that. I'm sorry, we got to move. That was a huge rant. So hang out with Christians. It's a good thing, even if they are weird. That's the summary of that. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, I love this, put your finger here. It's a little gross. And see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Here's the deal. We could play a dangerous game with this scripture. We could go, that's what I need. Um, be honest, I've never heard of that happening outside of this story. But what I think you pull out of this is this is that where Thomas was struggling, Jesus spoke directly to it. He didn't beat around the bush. He said, okay, here, here, here's the hold in my hand. Touch it. Touch it. And then he says, well, he says, don't disbelieve, man. Believe. You know why? This might blow some of your minds. I know this might be the biggest, deepest theological concept you've ever heard. Is God really wants you to love him? Listen, he, he doesn't want it to be this thing where it's like, nope. Now, he, he does things differently, right? He, he does things, he, like we see in the Bible, he speaks in parables. So people have to like think it through. I don't really want to follow God necessarily. It's just like, here it is. Here's a textbook, because by the way, your Bible isn't a textbook. I hate that, almost as much as punishing kids with reading the Bible. Top two things I dislike. Um, but he says, touch the holes in my hands. Put your hand in my side, man. So with this, what, what do you do with it? I, I, I would say... What is your question? And like, what's the real question, okay? If you have doubts, what's the real question? Don't go the route of beating around the bush in your own head. Hit it front on. Like, I, like, I mean, it it's probably does not have, like your faith is not based around whether or not dinosaurs exist, okay? The question that we need to deal with is, who is Jesus and is he who he said he is? Did he do what he said he was going to do? If you answer that, listen, because here's the deal. If he ascended into heaven before that came back to life, listen, everything else can happen that's in here. My question for you tonight is, what do you do with Jesus? I think that's the question that we all really need to be asking. And that might vary on how you do that in your head from person to person, but that's the question. Verse 28. I love short verses in the Bible. They're just so packed full of goodness. And verse 28 says, Thomas answered him, My Lord 
and my God. That's his answer. What is Lord? Lord is not just like, oh Lord. It's Lord, which means ruler of your life. Thomas is saying right here, you are my Lord, you are my God, and I am in. 100%. Let's go. And here's what we know. We know that Thomas just rocked it from here on out. Like, he went after it. The dude went to India, walking. And then once he got there, he got killed. He was in full force. It's awesome. Because here's the deal. If Jesus is risen, which is what Easter is all about, if Jesus is alive, if he did come back to life, then he is who he said he is, and he is worth every ounce that you have to give. If he is who he said he is, I mean, I wish in my life I could grasp this more, but more importantly, I wish as a body of Christ, as a body of believers, people who claim the name of Jesus would really, really buy into this together. It could be ridiculous. Listen, this party, this thing that we call Christianity came from 12 guys on foot. Jesus never walked more than 30 miles from his hometown. And more people claim the name of Jesus in the world than any other thing out there, by far. And he had 12. We got about 300 million, roughly. Man, I just, it excites my soul because, you know, cool things are happening. I love it. I get so excited. But man, you guys should check out stuff that's going on in the underground church in China right now. I mean, how many people are getting saved there every single day? It's, it's astronomical. Seriously, does anybody know? I mean, it's huge, like roughly what it is. It's, yeah, it's something like, I was like, I really didn't believe it. I thought that was like one of those random stats that somebody just threw out. And then I researched I'm like, that's legit. There's some great things going out there. And, and, and the interesting thing is in our Western culture is where it's hurting the most. I don't know what that's about totally. I have some ideas, but we don't have time for that. Trust me, I could go all night and you guys don't want that. Let's move on. Verse 29. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Check this out. I love this. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. But not really. What do I mean? Because something really interesting happens here. Something really interesting goes on where um, we're called the body of Christ. And what that means is when we come together at times like this, that listen, I can only bring one part um, I have a feeling it might be something around here, like the mouth, because I talk a lot. I don't know if that's me, but like, um, if Aaron Flowers here, he'd probably be a leg because he runs a lot. I don't know um, what, what, what that looks like. But you, you take us all, and you cram us together, and you get a picture of Jesus. And so you might be sitting here saying, I don't see him. My, I would submit to you is open up your eyes and look around you right now. Because it excites me because there's people in here that do the most ridiculous things. I know people in this church that have left their home and left their comfort and gone into the most crazy place where they could lose their life for their faith. I know people who are willing to do anything, anything to make sure that people have warm coats in the winter around here. I know that they would do anything, that they would give all their coats. I know people that would love just to do nothing but sit around and read their Bible with people that wanted to hear it. And you start seeing these attributes of Jesus play itself out amongst his people. And sometimes it looks nothing like him and we mess it up. It just shows how much more we need him. I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, 
if you're in here tonight just to check it out, I'm stoked that you're here. I, I really am. Nothing makes me happier. Dead, dead serious. Like, you, you, like my, one of my greatest struggles is with Christians. I love non-Christians probably more than I love Christians. I love being around. I'd rather like be with those people all day. And, but I'm, I'm really glad you're here. You know why? Because um, especially if you keep coming back, I think a part of you might believe or at least want to. I mean, that's how it starts, right? And, and it's a weird process. And it's different. I just remember hanging around all these people just going like, what is going on? What am I doing? Like, you know, like, I was, I'm, literally, this is not a joke. A week before I was a Christian, I went to a Cypress Hill concert. The next week, I went to a Michael W. Smith concert. <laughs> okay, if you don't know who he is, that's good. Um, no, I love Michael Dose Smith. Good, I'm sorry. That's so wrong and so mean on so, so many levels. If you like Michael Dose Smith, I apologize, especially if you're listening to the podcast. Um, you can send your emails to Tom Burgraff. Um, but I just remember sitting around going, what just happened? What is going on? Like, I didn't even know. Like, I'm like, I, I'm a Christian. What? Like, I mean, that's just what you're in. And so I would encourage you to have those questions. I would encourage you to ask those questions. I would encourage you to stick around. I don't see what you got to lose. We're not that creepy here. For those of you who do believe in Jesus, he did rise. He did. This is a call for me and you to live like you really did. Tom said it really well this morning. He said, many of us are living like it's still Friday. That he's still dead. But he's not. We should just be excited about that. And I could tell when the music was going how excited you guys were. I mean, it was overwhelming. Just joking. <laughs> What's the point of all of this? What's the point? John 20, verse 30 says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. I love it when John's like, I'm tired of writing. That's basically what that says. Um, he's like, he did a lot of other stuff, didn't write it down. Okay, it's good, but here's what you get. Verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, in his, you may have, have life in his name. That was tough, sorry. These things are written so that you may have life in his name. Listen, this is not rocket science. Christianity is kind of like this, and there's a lot of parallels to it. It's a lot like marriage. Here's why. I'm, I've been married for almost three years now, which means I'm not experienced at all. But here's what I've learned in my three years, is that it took me about 10 minutes to get married. But it's going to take me a lifetime to work through this and figure this out. It's going to take a lifetime of working through this. So is our faith. Listen, all he requires from us, it says, is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved. Saved from what? Well, I would be doing you a dishonor if I didn't tell you. Well, one is living life to the fullest now. It's not some future thing. It, and it is that too, but it's not limited to that. It's saying, live life now. Do insane things like, oh man, I accepted Christ and two months later I was sitting in the middle of the Ukraine sharing a bedroom with a goat. Literally. Didn't know how I got there. 
I mean, I did. It was a plane, but it just happened. (laughs) The second part of it is he wants to be with us forever. Separation from God, not being in his presence, is hell. Listen, I don't even say that like to be demeaning or confrontational or anything like that. Listen, that's what hell is. It is just not being in his presence at all and being removed from him. Because if we say, I mean, like, can, can you imagine if you're a person who really, really does not like God? Hey, I think I should go sit with him for eternity. Good call. No, he's not, it's not going to go that way. That's what you're saved from. Man, and it's a wild ride, and it's not always easy. So, I think Tom ended it the right way, so I'm just going to read it word for word what he said this morning. In the resurrection of Jesus, God is creating a new world and a new humanity, forgiven, free, and at peace. He's inviting you to live in this new creation. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wild ride. We are called as his people to bring heaven to earth. And that's the invitation. Let me pray. <coughs> Father God, you are just so stinking good for coming back to life. Like, I mean, just that it went that way. I just shows me, God, that like you can't make this up. And if you did, nobody would believe it, unless it was from you. And so, God, thank you so much for rising. Thank you so much for giving us examples, like people like Thomas who sit around in doubt and say, God, I need to touch you. And so, God, I pray right now that the body of Christ would be willing to go out and be ready to be received by the community, by the world. Just be moved in a crazy way. God, I pray for those in here tonight that don't know you. I I don't know if that's the right way to put that, God, but I I pray for those who um, think that whatever I said tonight is just ridiculous. Um, Because it is, but it's not at the same time. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit will be falling on them and moving in them in ways that we can't even explain, that we can't even see or really understand right now. God, show up, show off in these people's lives, in my life. God, help us to be the body the way that you created it to be, even though we will fail. But God, give us some excitement. Give us some, I don't know, holy discontent with the fact that this world as a whole doesn't totally know you yet. And that we need to proclaim that you are alive and that you are God. So God, as we leave here tonight, help us to stop living as if you're still dead and it's Friday, and help us to live as if you've risen and it's Sunday. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.